Air Credit Card, brought to you by Bank of Ireland in partnership with Aer Lingus. Whether you're buying your weekly basics or splurging on a special gift, with Air Credit Card, you'll collect Avios and unlock even more rewards. The only credit card in Ireland that gives you travel rewards as you spend. Sign up now by searching Bank of Ireland Air Credit Card and go from tap to take off. Bank of Ireland, begin. Over 18s only, acceptance criteria, lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Subject to a monthly fee of €7.99 and annual government stamp duty of €30. Euro. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. We love movies with Gordon Hayden on Spin. Now the time has come on We Love Movies. We are going to review the Batman. Of course, it stars Robert Pattinson. Great cast in there as well. You barely would recognize Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot, a.k.a. the Penguin. Paul Dano as the Riddler. Jeffrey Wright as uh, Lieutenant Gordon. And Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman. Uh, before we get into our chat, here's just a little bit from Matt Reeves' take on the Cape Crusader, The Batman. Riddler is asking for you. The killer left this for the Batman. Why is he writing to you? You came. I've been trying to reach you. Riddler's latest. It's all about the Waynes. If we don't stand up, no one will. You got a lot of cats. Never think about strays. <laughs> the bat and the cat. Nice ring. New friend of yours? I'm not so sure. I'm just here to unmask the truth about this cesspool we call a city. You're part of this too. How am I part of this? Oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. Bruce Wayne. So there is a little bit from the Batman, which is finally out in cinemas. It has been my most highly anticipated film for a long time. And who has seen it? Olivia Fahey, Chris Wasser, Andy McCarroll have. And interesting opinions uh, from our reviewers this week. Not everyone is in love with the Batman. And I think that's going to be the general consensus from an awful lot of critics. I think there's there's an awful lot to like in there. There's an awful lot not to like. So uh, be intrigued to hear what you think of it. Get onto Twitter and let us know. Hashtag we love movies. So, Chris, I'm going to turn to you first in terms of the plot, because this is a meaty movie. We're clocking in at just under three hours here for Matt Reeves. And one of the things that he wanted to do with this film which quite surprisingly hasn't been done in previous iterations, is really to tap in into Batman's detective skills. Because if anyone's read the comics, we'll know that Batman is the world's greatest detective. And that's never been touched upon. So I thought that was intriguing. Chris, in terms of this story, there is a lot going on. If you can kind of cram it all into a nutshell, what's happening in the Batman? Yeah, you're right, Gordon. It is a good old-fashioned detective story, and it takes its cue from uh, from 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 the brilliance, from the grimy brilliance of Frank Miller's uh, 1980s Dark Knight comic books. And it skips the origins tale. You, I, I think everyone will be delighted to know that because we already know what happened to Bruce Wayne's parents. We don't need another reminder. And it jumps right ahead to uh, Batman's second year in the job, where he's you know been defending the the citizens of Gotham City from you know uh, aggressive thugs, opportunistic thieves. Um, it's kind of you know low-level work for 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 the Batman, but things change. He kind of gets an upgrade one Halloween night after he's called into action by Gotham City's police uh, lieutenant James Gordon, uh, not yet commissioner, uh, portrayed by Jeffrey Rice. 
the mayor is dead and the man responsible for his demise is this masked maniac that authorities have started calling the Riddler, uh, portrayed by Paul Dano. And he's he's sort of a Zodiac killer and he's got, you know, this vicious temper, you know, a, a low for the theatrics. You know, every kind of murder scene is, 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 is a bit of a circus. Uh, and the Riddler's begun targeting Gotham's elite and he's kind of leaving a bloody trail and also clues for the Batman to pick up. You know, he's literally leaving him these hallmark cards with puzzles uh, for him to solve. And you're kind of asking yourself as his Batman, you know, what do all these mean? Well, apparent well, it, it it goes that you know everyone every one of his targets is has been hiding something from the public. And you know, he's kind of eager, the Riddler that is, to expose, you know, the, the corruption and the greed at the heart of Gotham. And that runs all the way into the into the Wayne family. So Batman is trying to figure out, you know, what's the story with my family and the and, and the Riddler here? Why is he targeting these specific people? And in order to do that, he has to work alongside uh, a Lieutenant Gordon, and he also has to make friends in some very dangerous low places. And that includes uh, Colin Farrell's Oswald Cobblepot, i.e. the Penguin, and Zoe Kravitz's uh, Kapler character, the Catwoman. And I think to reveal any more, we'll probably have the spoiler police knocking on my door, so we'll leave it at that. Nice one, Chris. Fair play for just condensing it all in. Um, a lot has been made about Robert Pattinson, the initial casting, but then so much is always made about um, when it comes to these big casting decisions. If we cast our mind back to when Heath Ledger took on the role of the Joker, people were decrying like it was a horrendous piece of casting from Christopher Nolan. What was he thinking? And of course, Heath Ledger would go on to win the, the posthumous Oscar award for his performance as the Joker. And it's being held up now as one of the great uh, Joker performances. So, for Robert Pattinson to take on the cowl of the Dark Knight, Olivia, these are big, big shoes to fill. And for an actor that an awful lot of people wouldn't have really thought would have been under that cowl, it did seem like a bit of a, a strange casting choice. But for anyone that hasn't been following Robert Pattinson's career, he is an outstanding actor. He is really, really strong. And I'm kind of sick and tired of people kind of always trying to beat him with the twilight stick. Like he has gone on to show his incredible range. Good time being an example, a rover, his work um, with David Cronenberg, like he has really sought out very interesting filmmakers to work with. And recently, I think he was one of the high points in Christopher Nolan's Tenet. So for him, when he arrives on the scene um, as the Batman, did he own it? Did you believe him um, that he was the new Dark Knight? Honestly, I did, because as you're saying there, he is actually quite a good actor, even though a lot of people would never have thought it because most people have only ever seen him in Twilight or in Harry Potter and things like that. So for him to be announced in this role, everyone kind of went, what? So even though I was still quite hesitant, shall we say, when he was announced, it was one of those ones where I was like, this could actually really work depending on the direction of the character that they're going in. And that's exactly what's worked. It's like that this version of Bruce Wayne and Batman suits him down to the ground like they've gone down this um he kept saying that he wants to go down a more emo route um than what the director may have initially wanted but he kept pushing for it and it actually i think suits the character more because this is a bruce who has become addicted to the batman alter ego to the point now that he prefers to live under the cowl as uh, as opposed to living his life as bruce wayne he's essentially let bruce wither away to nearly nothing and he just wants to live live as the cape crusader never really taking it off always hunting down the bad guys has absolutely no interest in the family business whereas alfred is then the one who is kind of trying to maintain the wayne um, enterprise and all the family fortune and you know the, the name itself um, as a whole so I think he actually did an, a really really superb job um, in terms of capturing that kind of like 
brooding sensation that the, the Batman has whilst also being quite vulnerable when he was, you know, out of the, the bat suit and playing Bruce. So I think that fans will be will be pleasantly surprised with his performance. And actually something that I've I've not seen from anybody is um criticizing him. Like yes, there's there's been issues with people saying that they weren't enjoying the length. Um but most people seem to actually be very on board with him as as the Cape Crusader, which I'm actually quite delighted with because I think he actually will prove a lot of his naysayers wrong with this. We'll get into your reviews now in just a moment, but um, another high point within this film, Andy, that a lot are, are praising has been Michael Giacchino's uh, score. And uh, again, it has this real ominous atmospheric quality to it. And it's a world away, it seems, from what we would have heard with the likes of Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard and even Danny Elfman back in the, the Tim Burton days. It's very much its own thing like it it, because there's a kind of a muscular quality to it um what did you make of Giacchino's score I absolutely loved it I think it definitely has it doesn't have the sorry the iconography or you know the big bombasticness that Danny Elfman's was but I think it really suits this and that it's kind of that real heavy almost like a, a horror movie and it's it's touched upon in the film like how much you know the shadows and the, and the myth of Batman is being used to terrify people and even things like you know the heavy footsteps before you see him the theme really accentuates that and I think he is a, a fantastic composer there's one piece of music in the film that sounds way too much like Britney Spears's Toxic which kind of took me over for a second but aside from that it is literally if you pardon the pun no perfect now as I mentioned at the top we've got definitely got some very contrasting opinions when it comes to the Batman. And I think this is the film that is going to split an awful lot of people. I don't know if there's going to be the universal praise for this film in comparison to say when Batman Begins came out for Christopher Nolan. But there also feels like there's a huge weight of expectation because the Batman was originally supposed to be a Ben Affleck standalone movie and that he was writing with Jeff Johns of uh, DC Comics fame. And then that kind of went by the wayside and Matt Reeves came in with his fresh new take on it. And it seems, Olivia, I'm going to start with you, that Matt Reeves has been given an awful lot of leeway by Warner Brothers Pictures to make the film he wants so much so, hence why we've got this big bloated running time. Now, I should point out that you are very much in the camp of being on side with this movie. So tell us what worked for you. Well, for me, I'm a big murder mystery fan. And I think that because they've gone down this detective route, even more so than people probably expected them to, for me, it worked because at the end of the day, when you are watching films like this, you are sort of following the clues, you're following the the case. You're not really just chasing the, the bad guy and trying to find where they are, which I find a lot of superhero movies do sort of like focus in on that a little bit more as opposed to the the mystery, the puzzle, the, the clues kind of aspect that, yeah, it does appear in other films, but not to the same extent as they do here. So they, the cast were all sort of using Zodiac as a good comparison. I know Chris mentioned it earlier as well. And yeah, I think that's probably the closest way that I could compare it as well. It's definitely more in line with these kind of true crime well, not, maybe not true crime, but you know what I mean? Like the the crime aspect, the detective work. And I thought that the chemistry between um, Pattinson and, and Wright were, was brilliant in that sense that they're Batman and Gordon. They really bounced off each other. They both brought something to the table and they were both like investigating the case. They were investigating the Riddler. It wasn't a case of that they were chasing him down, running down hallways and things like that. They were literally just 
investigating the case. They were taking it, you know, day by day and looking at everything as a whole. So for me, that part really did work. And what about their chemistry together? Did you buy into them as a partnership? I did personally. And I think that um, even though like there's like a big age gap, say, between them, um, maybe not actually that big, but it's something that between the two characters, they both bring something different to the table where you've got someone who is definitely more like police inclined, someone who is more think outside the box kind of thing. So they both come together in a way that makes sure that every aspect is covered. And even when uh, Batman's not even saying anything, if he's having a little like wander around a crime scene, he'll just look at something and Gordon will know to look in that direction as well and then spot something that somebody else had missed. So they end up working pretty well together. I think the highlight though, chemistry wise, was definitely um, uh, Catwoman and Batman. So Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson. Those two are have like such electric chemistry that you could just watch them read the phone book and you'd just be like, yes, I am totally on board with this. They were just so, so good together. So you can see why, why they got cast in these roles as well. I think Colin Farrell was spectacular. Um, definitely a career highlight for him as well. Overall, yeah, it is too long, but it is just a beautiful, beautiful film to watch. Like the cinematography is spectacular. The way that they've used the the scenery, whether it's computer generated or not, really, really lovely work. So at the end of the day, yes, it's long, but I really, really enjoyed it. Great stuff, Olivia. So you're very much there in the camp that of that being very favorable toward the Batman. Now, Chris, you're pretty much kind of in between let's start for you in, in, in terms of the downsides what wasn't working what isn't working first and foremost is there is no need for this thing to be 176 minutes long and i know that seems to be the big complaint and you know you're you're we're going to be repeating ourselves here but no superhero film no film needs to be that long um and you could have done you could have had a very slick tightly edited uh tightly told batman story you know and wrapped everything up and kind of you know even set up a sequel within two hours i mean if 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 uh if chris nolan could do it before with his trilogy with the first part i think it was about 2 220 or something then you know matt reeves can certainly do it um there's a lot about this film that i really like it is it's it's grim and it is quite dark and it works for and earns its 15 a cert i mean there's parts of this film that are quite nasty in places you know and it's super serious it's it's super emo as well i didn't expect to see this you know very kind of you know i didn't expect to see bruce wayne looking and sounding like a my chemical romance fan from like 15 20 years ago but and i know that sounds absolutely ridiculous but it works Pattinson's Wayne, you know, sulking and skulking around Wayne Manor and, you know, sticking on his sunglasses because he's been in the dark too long and wearing these oversized clothes and, you know, standing there and eating, you know, berries when Alfred is trying to give him full meals and tell him how to live his life. And he's just like, hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't and want to. Does you that know, work as I don't want to... just Chris? Because I had to cut across you because you, when you think of Bruce Wayne and Batman, they all there are very much obviously two sides of the same yeah. coin. And when you think of Bruce Wayne, you think of somebody who kind of puts on his own mask and kind of has this very affable quality. You know, he's yeah. a playboy billionaire and he kind of puts out this image. And it seems as if the Bruce Wayne of the Matt Reeves world, he's pretty much the same person when he's wearing the cowl as he is when he's not. That's true. And But I think the, 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 the Bruce Wayne mask will come on in the second one because the Wayne that we're seeing here is someone that's clearly spent 
20 years in a spiral and 20 years, you know, grieving and 20 years, you know, angry at the world for what happened to his parents. And there is, you know, the, you know, I won't spoil anything, but there might be some sort of breakthrough that lets, you know, okay, so Wayne figures out that there has to be a difference between him himself and the Batman. It's always the same for every comic book that has the Batman in it for every film. Uh, but, but, but this, this idea that, you know, he is, I think he's close to 30 or he's around 30 years of age that he's still trying to figure out how to be, you know, a human. He's still trying to figure out how to be this, you know, this, this billionaire. He's still trying to figure out how this vigilante business works. He's just all over the shop. And we haven't seen a Batman like that before. You know, Christian Bale's Batman was, was, was deeply troubled and messed up, but he kind of also knew that he had to portray an image to, he had to, he, he himself and the Batman could be the same person. It's quite fun, even though I said it's quite grim. It is quite fun though to see Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne just stumble and he's he's a klutz and he's so clumsy with both the Wayne character and the Batman one. Um so tying into that emo theme then I, I like the way the 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 score incorporates elements of Nirvana something in the way and it's used efficiently and quite effectively throughout. So there's an awful lot about it that I did like you know it you know the detective element is good. The plot is never as clever as it thinks it is. I mean there's a good mystery here but again one one that doesn't really hold up for 3 hours. Um and I think you know this idea as well that uh uh and also sorry Olivia Olivia said it there some of this is beautiful to look at. It is very impressively staged. It's it's reasonably well performed. I say reasonably well performed because I think Colin Farrell is good in this and I think Zoe Kravitz is good in it too. It just sometimes feels as though Colin Farrell's penguin as much as I liked them a, he's not really in it that much. I think he said a while back that he was only in it for like eight minutes. That probably, yeah, that probably adds up. And B, it kind of feels as though he's in, he's he's wandered in from a different Batman picture. You know, he kind of wanders in and he's like, "Whoa, take it easy, sweetheart." And it's like, "Where'd you get? Where? What? 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 Is he? Is he in a cartoon?" Because Rat Reeves is not making a cartoon here. So there's an awful lot about it that I didn't uh, like. There's an awful lot about it that I did like. But I am just glad that okay, look, if we are to have another Batman film. At least it's not like anything from the Batfleck era. Well, I think the one thing I would say about the the, the Batfleck series of films was that he was good. He was, I thought he was a great Batman. He was just in, a, unfortunately, a series of terrible Batman movies. That's true. Now, Andy, you were not on board with the Batman at all. Again, we've been hearing from Olivia and Chris that running time has been an issue. So if we just leave that to the side... What's not working here? Is it the story, performances? Is it everything? Is it just a one big mess? For me, probably I'm a huge Batman fan, and this for the last two years has been my most anticipated movie. What I came out of this and what I found myself doing the entire way through the film was I have seen this before, and I've seen this before recently. Every big moment in this film has either been done in The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, or even Batman versus Superman. There was every single moment in that I was thinking. I've seen this already. And whatever you want to say about Snyder's Batman versus Superman, at no point during that did I feel like this was taking scenes from another film. This just feels like a Frankenstein's monster of a, a thing. It just, you have such a rich history and a rich legacy of character, of villains that you can tap into. But it just feels like if you were to show this to someone who, you know, let's call them normal people who don't follow films as, as much as we do and said, this is part of the Christopher Nolan universe. They'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's nothing in this to make you think any differently. Even that the voice, Pattinson's uh, Batman voice, is exactly the same as Christian Bale's. Paul Dano's Riddler, he starts doing these kind of, you know, the Joker-esque, the hand-wavy monologuing thing. And it just felt very familiar. There was nothing in this to differentiate it from what has gone before. And the annoying part is it starts off like the first 10 minutes of this film is like, Grant, this is something they've, he's going to put his own mark on it. 
but it isn't and at the end of it it's trying to be too many things chris touched upon it there like we have this emo almost nihilist batman who essentially wants to be killed in battle because he wants he, he says there this is my family's legacy this is going to be what we have so he wants you know the perception that his family was you know a you know a pathetic billionaire who died in a gutter and now it's going to be this vigilante who was saving the city i i like that aspect of it but to have him as this kind of wordless you know self-destructive character and then you have the narration where he's you know every thought in his head and it's real very emo very kind of my chemical romance lyrics that he's writing down you just pick one to go into and even the relationship with with catwoman yes it's good at that but she also has a, a separate thing going on as well. So it's like, pick a lane. Which which one are you going for rather than trying to bunch everything together and trying to please everyone? And I don't think he took a swing. I think this is the, the safest Batman film he could have possibly made. And I think everyone's going to like it because he's picked out the moments that people like from films that have gone before. That is interesting there. So it's almost like a greatest hits mixtape of a Batman movie, it seems, Andy. In terms of the structure with the, the three acts, uh, one of the things I have heard is that the first two acts would be the strongest. And by the time we get to the third, the <laughs> film loses a lot of momentum <laughs> and then sort of descends into monologues. Chris, you're laughing there. Sorry. So. <laughs> I think, you think we all are, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so in it's, terms uh, that third act, does it kind of fall off the cliff? Oh, yeah. I mean, this thing, it, it is, I, I should have said earlier, it's quite shapeless. It just keeps going and going and going. And whatever momentum it builds, it then just squanders by having, you know, another kind of like 20 minutes of just chatting about the same things over and over. It really could have done with it. Just just a good tidying up, just a, 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 maybe maybe just a better editor, Gordon, or for Matt Reeves to say, look, again, this film doesn't need to be that long. Um, but there's this problem that existed with the Chris Nolan films. And I'm so surprised that this film has that problem because it is leaning so hard on the sort of template and the sort of, you know, the just the, 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 the picture of Batman that Nolan established in his trilogy. It has that issue where they want to make Batman as believable or even as grounded and as kind of, you know, street level as, as, as they can. So the whole way through, it's just, yeah, this could happen. This could happen. Yeah, that could definitely happen. I could see that. happen. Whoa, what the hell just happened in the last half an hour? It just... I, I don't it slips on a banana skin Gordon and there's things that the Riddler starts doing and that Batman gets himself involved in that again and, I, and it has this issue with the Penguin and the Catwoman character they have no business being in a film that's been playing it believable and, and that's been trying to be grounded for two and a half hours so the last half an hour is quite noisy it is in a rush to maybe set up potential sequels and it is in a rush to just give you know batman just to give this film an ending so it's 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 a tricky one. we'll have to come back to it in a few weeks perhaps but I, yeah you're right it does kind of fall off a cliff towards the end it just feels like there was a logical conclusion point and then warner brothers said we don't really have an awful lot of action scenes to throw in the trailer here and yeah. then there's this last 20 kind of similar to the how the, the dark knight ended where there's this additional 20 minutes that really has nothing to do with what's, what's gone before. It's very much its own thing. If you took that out of the film, it makes absolutely no difference whatsoever to anything. And there's just this kind of, wait, is that, what was that? Is, is that it? And even setting up like things like the post credits scenes, like things we've seen before. And that was my big frustration, but I just wanted this to be, you know, a, like a 70s style and noir, a real murder mystery Batman. And it wasn't that. It was just kind of the greatest hits of Nolan and you know, whisper quietly a bit of Zack Snyder thrown in there as well. That you is might recall, very do you remember wrong. the thing? <laughs> do you remember the, the the issue with the Dark Knight? And again, this is not spoiling anything. 20 minutes from the end of the Dark Knight, the two boats came up. And everybody, you know, all these years later, those two boats are a bit of a nightmare. 
there are two boats in the Batman. There is a really? two boat sequence that 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 sort of just goes, what? Where the hell did that come out of? Like, so that kind of ruined it a little bit too. Oh no! Well, God, this is a worry now that it's going to lean heavily on the on the Nolan films. But Olivia, again, just to come back to you because you have been singing the film's praises, picking up on what Andy said and some of the, the the issues that he has. Would you kind of see there's justification in that? No, not in the slightest. Like I basically I've said to him a few times like we were sat next to each other in the cinema but I feel like we watched two different films because I personally didn't see as many connections to like the Nolan franchise whereas like Andy's saying that it was like a copy and paste and it's like no it wasn't like it's definitely its own thing like you wouldn't you would never see half the stuff that goes on in this um in a Nolan version of of Batman, you couldn't say that it's the fourth installment of the Nolan verse. It's not. It is very clearly not in the same world. Um, it yeah, it's just that that kind of like baffled me a little bit. It's like I just don't, I don't didn't see the comparisons. It's it's a film that actually does take a lot of its um a lot of its source material is from the comics. So if you are a massive fan of the comics, you'll be able to sit there and be like, oh yeah, that's from this story. Oh yeah, that's from that story. Which for comic book fans is usually quite an enjoyable part of it because sometimes, and like say for example, with um, Spider-Man No Way Home, they took inspiration from, oh, and I can't remember the name of the comic book off the top of my head, but they basically took the main sort of concept from that, flipped it on its head a little bit, and then sort of ran with their own version of it, which, you know, it works in that sense. Whereas this way, it, there's definitely more sort of direct inspiration from the comics as opposed to just putting your own spin on it. Um, but like for me, that wasn't a, that's not a bad thing. Like you want these things to be rooted from their source material and to actually reflect what they were like. Like everyone's been calling out for a darker Batman you want something that's a bit more like the detective Batman and this is what we've been given and they've done it well so for me I I don't see like half the comparisons and especially like Robert Pattinson's voice was nowhere near as terrible as Christian Bale's in the Batsuit it was not as like husky and gravelly and sounding like he was literally chewing on a stone kind of thing like this Mm. was he just deepened his voice ever so slightly and that was it. And that's all okay. it needed as well. Right. I'm, you can be influenced by things without lifting them directly. Like th- that's the difference between something like Joker, which was influenced by King of Comedy, but was very much his own thing or the Psycho remake that they just basically made scene for scene. And that feels, this feels more to me like the Psycho remake than something that was just influenced by it. Now I, I sound like I hated the film. I still did enjoy it, but it just felt like I've seen it before. Does it, I suppose in a way, Andy, does it feel like a missed opportunity? It really does. And you, know, you can kind of sum it up in the Riddler's plan itself, where he, he's supposed to be this, you know, mastermind genius pulling it all together. And I kept thinking of there's a scene in The Simpsons where they hire an assassin and he says, you know, killing a man is a lot like a, an intricate game of chess. And then he volleys the door open and just starts shooting a machine gun, which is essentially what the Riddler's plan turns out to be. <laughs> all right. I've got to quickly go around the houses because time is up against us just to get scores out of 10 for the Batman. Uh, Chris, what, uh, what are we giving it out of 10? Yeah, look, you know what? I was thinking there the first time I saw Batman Begins, I thought that was quite good. And I think I went in nervous, you know, given everything we've been through with Batman and Joel Schumacher. And all these years later, I really do think Batman Begins might be the best film of the trilogy. So there could be, you know, we could be having a conversation in 10 years time, Gordon, and I'll say, actually, Matt Reeves did a fantastic job here. Because I think the important thing to remember is, despite all of the bad negative things that I've said about it, it is a very impressive film at times. You know, it just, I just wish wish that there was less of us. Okay. So I'll stop being a broken record and I'll give it a six out of 10. 
six out of ten. Andy, would you be where are you going now? I have a feeling, but would it be lower? No, I would agree with Chris. Six out of ten. Like I said, it's Batman. There was things to enjoy in it. It just felt like we could have done more with this. This could have been, you know, we could have put the stamp on this as like bye bye Snyderverse, bye bye Nolan. This is the Matt Reeves Batman, but it just kind of feels like Matt Reeves in association with Christopher Nolan. Okay, and Olivia, the final say to you out of ten for the Batman. I'm going to give it a solid eight because it was definitely the detective Batman that I wanted to see. And if you go in with that kind of attitude, knowing that it's not going to be the typical superhero film that you've seen from prior uh, iterations, um, I won't name names, but you know, um, but it is still like a very, very enjoyable film. Um, it's, it is unfortunately just a little bit long with the last act being slightly more bonkers, um, but it's a solid eight out of 10 and a very beautiful watch. Very finally, I just want to throw this to, to all of you. Would you be keen on a second one? Would you like to see Matt Reeves maybe come back with a shorter film, maybe just clocking in at two hours? Or if this film doesn't track as well as they hope to kind of hit the reset button again? I think it's fair to say that they deserve another go um, because with what they've with what they've done, I can't really say too much, yeah. but with <laughs> with what they've done in it, it's like it's one of those things where I know like with one of my critiques for Dune, that was like, that's very clearly a part one. And when you break down the Batman, you can definitely see that there's elements of this is a part one of a two part, three part sort of plan. Um, but it's just not as you can, you can't watch it without enjoying it, uh, without the second one to enjoy it kind of thing. You can still enjoy this one as a standalone film, but I do hope that they do go further with it and explore some of the other things that they're clearly looking to do. And I would love to see Robert Pattinson um, get another shot of it. And yeah, I think, I think they, they really should get it. Okay. Time is cut up with us. Unfortunately, Olivia Fahey, Chris Wasser and Andy McCarroll. Thank you so much for your time, guys. We will do it all again next week. We love movies with Gordon Hayden on spin. Air Credit Card, brought to you by Bank of Ireland in partnership with Aer Lingus. Whether you're buying your weekly basics or splurging on a special gift, with Air Credit Card, you'll collect Avios and unlock even more rewards. The only credit card in Ireland that gives you travel rewards as you spend. Sign up now by searching Bank of Ireland Air Credit Card and go from tap to takeoff. Bank of Ireland, begin. Over 18s only. Acceptance criteria, lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Subject to a monthly fee of €7.99 and annual government stamp duty of €30. Euro. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.